All right, the pod is back, and we realized that football's lame. Football gambling, especially in the NFL, just sucks. So it's time to switch gears. I got my boy Shane, and we are here to talk about the NBA. Also my employer, so uh, there will be not many gambling takes on this podcast, but lots of fun things to talk about. But first, Shane, how are you doing, my friend? I'm well. Does that mean we can't talk conspiracy theories for the next hour? Uh, we cannot talk, and nor no, there are no conspiracy theories to talk about. Um, They're all true. And as like the classic Bill Simmons of like, I did you know that I vote for the MVP, so I can't actually gamble on this, but I'm just going to give you my thoughts. Oh, by the way, did you know I actually vote for the MVP? Oh, by the way, did you know that I, that I vote for the MVP? Um, yes, we know. We all know. Um, similarly, uh, I have a wonderful employer that is the NBA, and I'm just here to talk basketball with you, and that's why I brought you on, my friend. Fair enough. Um, so there's a lot to digest here. We've got, you know, a couple of weeks before the season tips off. Um, so let's let's just go deep into two topics. One is, you know, conference previews. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the Olympics. The Olympics 2020. Shane, this is the topic I know you're here to talk about. Please, how much FIBA World Cup basketball did you watch? There was some uh, second screens at work every 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 few days watching a little bit of FIBA. Definitely kept up with it. Uh, I was all in on Serbia this year, so a little uh, for no Classic. reason whatsoever. Um, you know, I got to hop on some kind of bandwagon. Um, so a little disappointed in my in my Serbian brethren uh, there, but um, other than that, just kind of I used used it to watch a little hoops and use it as an excuse to to do less work as one does. So let's start there then. Serbia. This like like I know that a lot has been made of the US's performance, but I'm not sure enough has been made about the letdown that Serbia had. Like I I don't know, maybe it's more so just we're we're hearing a lot more American press and in Serbia maybe they're getting crushed, but like they should also be getting crushed as much as we are. I think the main thing I took out of there is Bogdanovich is nice. Like, and he, he yeah. fits perfectly in Sacramento where he is. And I think as he, like, matures, did a li- gets a little bit more, like, physically uh, good for the NBA. Like, that dude's a player. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, the other takeaway of someone that's awesome, at least for what seems like four or five games in a row, is Louis freaking Scola, which is unbelievable and a word I never thought I would say or hear but like homeboy even just against um against Serbia went for 20 and 5 um with a plus minus of plus 15 like un unbelievable not not that Luis Cole will be relevant in the NBA universe sometime soon but I just thought that was incredible I love international basketball gotta respect the dude that's what is he he's got to be 40 plus now you know, he's, everyone look, grows 38. up. 38. 38. Okay, close enough. Everyone grows up. If you play basketball, there's like the old dude that plays at the park with all the high school guys. And some of them can be assholes, but like there's usually a guy that you're just like, that guy's just going to get buckets till he is 60. He's like that. The other guy that's like that, Jamal Crawford, will get buckets until he's 75 years old. Like there's just oh, nothing you could say that's about that. One. 
he's like the ultimate one of the ultimate like that guy's gonna be scoring at a park until he's 75 years old and i respect that immensely he's a bucket getter i agree i agree that's um so so i know like you know the FIBA world cup is what it is you know not all of america's stars and other country stars end up playing but I, what i want to ask as well is what are your thoughts on the olympics and more so like do you think every country will roster its best team? I mean, I, I get, you know, we want to focus a bit on America here, but like, if you go down the list, there are some countries that can put out a legitimate like NBA starting five. So like, if you're a player, are you, are you going to Tokyo in 2020? So I think I'll let you go into some of the other countries and rosters that you think might be good. I think the dominoes are like already starting to fall. And I think the U.S. is going to put out like their best five. Uh, Steph's already talking about it. I don't know if has Harden said anything, um, but I, I, I firmly believe that if the U.S. like stars are already talking about doing that, that other countries are more likely to put out their full roster, which just makes the Olympic basketball like a hundred times better. But I think like Steph already coming out and he's repeatedly said in the last month that he's going to be on the 2020 team. Um, I think that would be the first domino to fall in a bunch of ro- like full rosters coming together, which is awesome. You know, so it's interesting you say that because part of me wants to agree with you there and say like, yes, like these guys are going to go. But if you think about some of the storylines going into the season, which we'll get into in a little bit, like, Steph, in theory, is going to be playing a lot of minutes and a lot of games. Like James Harden is going to be playing a lot of minutes, a lot of games. LeBron is going to be playing a lot of minutes, a lot of games. Kawhi. Like all of these storylines have it such that it appears, given how wide open the NBA is, that some of these dudes, if not a lot of these dudes, are going to be making deep playoff runs. So, like, I don't know how you can do both. Like if Steph goes and plays 76 out of 82 games, and, you know, works towards trying to be, you know, the MVP or top three MVP and makes it to the second or third round of the playoffs, is he really then going to turn around and then go play the, the Olympics? So I, I think that's a good point. But I also think the 2020 free agent class is a bunch of nobodies. If it was 2021, I think there'd be a lot fewer players. The fact that, like, no one good is a free agent next offseason, I think it's like a little, no, like a, it's a big factor that not I, I don't really know if anyone has like talked about. You know, that's what we do here. We 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 bring the the fresh perspective. Um, yeah. Okay. But but like no one's a free agent, and so that sort of keeps like that's going to allow more people to play. When are the Olympics anyway? They're like August, aren't they? Uh, no, they are uh, actually July seventh to July. 20th, I believe. I mean, I can pull nope. that up really quick. July 24th no, July 24th through August 9th. Okay. Yeah. So July Doable. 24th. That's like NBA dead time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it's not an argument about dead time as much so as it is like, I would be like, okay, if I set the over under for three and a half guys that have made an all NBA first or second team. Are you taking the over or under? Over. So your point think, is I also think the fact that we shit the bed this year makes us more likely to have a full 2020, like, good roster of, like, that superstars. I agree with. 
that I agree. Uh, and and this has happened before. We've put together a C team. They've gone and lost, and then we followed that up with running through the next like international competition. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with all of that. I think, and this was you know Bill Simmons's take, which I agree with actually, is Greg Popovich isn't getting enough heat. Like he should, like him as a coach and Steve Kerr as a coach, they should have been able to do a little bit more with that roster, like plain and simple. I don't know if there was politics around like one of the Pumleys having to make it and cutting out De'Aaron Fox, but like I was, I think he should be getting a little bit more criticism than he is because that roster at the end of the day, talent wise was still a top three roster in this world cup. Agreed. I think he doesn't get heat because no one really cared about this tournament. Yeah, like, it was a, it was a it was a C roster, and that's even compared to like what it started as. Um, not compared to like what the twenty twenty will be. It was a C roster in the middle of the summer. That was an insane NBA free agent, like an insane NBA off season. So, and it was at the dead time of the NBA off season for the most part. Um, I don't. Yeah, Simmons was shitting on my boy Popovich a little bit, but I just don't think people really cared that much. Like, I don't know if that's reflected in like the in the ratings. I didn't really look at that, but I just feel like, I mean, I'm a diehard basketball fan. I didn't watch that much. Um, I I don't know if yeah, it was, but it was like, a bad time fatigue from the constant off season or they what. Crushed it in China. Like the I want to say the U.S. Turkey game was like the highest rated basketball game ever in China. It was it was crazy. That's insane. You would know better than yeah. I would. Yeah. Good job, so, China. Shout there out. you go. All right, the only other thing I'll say before we move on to actual NBA basketball is there's two countries I have my eye on. One are my fellow Canadians, uh, shout out to them, who could put a solid, if they are able to pull together a roster together. Because I'm going to shout out a couple of Canadian nationals who I think a lot of them you'll probably like. Um, RJ Barrett, Ken Birch, Dylan Brooks, Justin Jackson, Corey Joseph, Trey Lyles, Kelly Olynyk, Dwight Powell, Nick Stauskas, Andrew Wiggins, I don't know how I feel about that one, Tristan Thompson. Like, if you roll out a starting five of RJ Barrett, uh, Corey Joseph, um, Jamal Murray is someone I didn't mention. Uh, Dwight Powell, Kelly Olynyk, like that could be interesting. Okay, I mean, okay, are we comparing it to like what the U.S. team is going to look like and how easily they're going to run through? Like, yeah, that's a more interesting team than if they had a shitty, you know, like B team. I agree with you, but if you compare that to you know Steph and the rest of our okay. on stars, I'm not too worried about it. Sure. The other one is obviously Australia, uh, who I think had a bit of a letdown. You want to know a fun fact, and I don't know how FIBA international basketball rules work, but do you know where Kyrie Irving was born? Australia. Melbourne, Australia. The man is Australian. So he switches. You got Ben Simmons, Joe Ingles, Aaron Baines, Deli, Dante Exum, Patty Mills, who obviously gave the U.S. trouble, like, that could be interesting. Not, not, not saying Kyrie Irving actually switched, and he probably can't. But, like, 
just adding Ben Simmons to the Australian roster, I think, could get really interesting because they have good shooting. They have Patty Mills. They have Joe Ingles. Like, Patty Mills is the perfect person to play next to Ben Simmons today. Like, they would want him today and to, on, the, on that Sixers team. Um, albeit he isn't a great defender, but, like, from a shooting standpoint, ideal. So give me, uh, give me some Australia stake for this next, this next World Cup. That's fair. Patty Mills is Australia's Carmelo, like the dude that gets a lot better in international play. Fair? Yeah, that's true. He's also the guy that like at basketball pickup where like he's just hot for four games and no one can guard him and everyone like doubted him when he first walked onto the court and then cooked some dudes. Like that is Patty Mills. I love it. Yeah, he's also, and I mean, this might be the entire country of Australia. They're the try hard team. Like, it's a little annoying. Like, that, oh, I mean, yeah. Della Vadova has made an NBA career out of trying too hard. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, All right. Side note, that guy sucked. I hate Della Vadova. Fair. <laughs> you would. Uh, let's go to the NBA upcoming uh, opening night. We have, what, Rock, Raptors, Pellies, which I thought is interesting. I'm curious to actually get your thoughts on that because I know, um, I'm sure that was, you know, like a big, Copy of conversation of who could you put up against Toronto that would draw a rating, um, and then you got the Clippers Lakers. Are you are you gonna watch Raptors Pelicans? I'm all in on on my Pellies now. Okay, I, I love the, just the David Griffin. Like I'm starting to become a big fan of him. Um, Zion, I'm super into. He's just like, I mean, he's if you're opening night. Like, there is no reason other than Zion that they are the first game of the NBA season. Um, and so I'm very, very interested to watch the team. They also just have a lot of good players, like a lot of good yeah. NBA players, in like combined with, I mean, three, three really high potential rookies, like uh, Nikhil, NAW, whatever, Nikhil Alexander Walker or White or whatever. He was yeah, nasty in the summer league. I did not yeah, think they were good. I, I watched them in a lot of – yeah, that's fair. But, like, there were there – were, you would rather have a player be really good in summer league than really bad. And he and Jackson Hayes both looked good. Um, and so I think, think it's, it's a really interesting assortment. I also think they're going to play a very, very exciting brand of basketball. I mean, I, I think uh, Gentry has talked about wanting to be the fastest team in the league and to be a top three defense. Uh, so – Hopes are high down there, um, but I just think that they're like a super interesting story. They're definitely like one of the league past teams of the year for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I actually think I mean you say that, but they're gonna have a lot of national TV games. Like I think they're uh, top three or four in the West in terms of national wow. TV games. So they are gonna get a ton of exposure, um, rightfully so. I mean, like Zion's amazing, and so. Like, I can't wait personally to watch him. Um, and I can only imagine how that sits with, uh, you know, like the, the greater fan base. So look out for the, the Pellies on national TV. I think you're going to see him a lot. Um, even like, yeah, I was going to say opening week. They're on there twice. They're opening night. And then wow. Friday, the early game on ESPN is Dallas at New Orleans. So get high. That's awesome. Um, all right, oh, there's, there's a game for you. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about that one. All right, let's go conference by conference. Let's start in the East. I think there's three questions we want to try and answer as we talk about this, um, and you had outlined a couple of these. One is who is a – like, who is – what 
teams are you most excited about or team? Um, who is a contender or sneaky contender? And who is a player that could potentially influence that team or kind of be a sneaky good player in that conference? And then, you know, let's spend a, a minute or two just diving into our hometown homies, the Dallas Mavericks and the Atlanta Hawks. Um, obviously, the Hawks in the East, Dallas in the West. So I'll let you start in the East. What is there a tier top two teams for you? Are there, uh, you know, there's three teams you think that can comp- compete for the top? Like, where's your head at with this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's in the East, it's very, very clearly a top two team. And then, I mean, you could literally group three through eight in the same almost tier with with Boston, Toronto, Miami, Orlando, Indiana, Brooklyn. Like, I think those are probably all, I mean, if not the that same tier, like within the same kind of zip code there. And then I think that, or Philly and, and Milwaukee are in a tier amongst themselves. I, I think everyone's just kind of playing for third in that conference. Um, of course, unless there's an injury. Um, I think that, the interesting team, um, I think Orlando is is really really interesting. Uh, they, were um, they were yours. They were. They you were, go uh, first. Yes, they were on my you go first. first. I mean, it's simple. I think we're going to say the same thing. Like they made the playoffs last year. They stole a game from Toronto, albeit they probably snuck up on them a little bit. Um, they've more or less kept the same roster, which is interesting. They have a ton of depth, especially in the front court. Um, not a ton of depth in the backcourt, but like they have the opportunity for guys on their roster to take, to take a step forward. Like I'm, you know, I'm kind of regurgitating a lot of probably things that have already been said, but you have Aaron Gordon, you have, uh, your boy, Johnny Isaac, um, you know, who are both guys that you think or could expect to take a step forward. Uh, no one's really even said anything about Mo Bamba. Um, but like he was hurt a lot last year and I think he, you know, could be an impact player, but they've got Vooch. Um, and then you got this Markel Fultz factor. Like at the end of the day, if, you know, you wish the best for the kid, like I actually hope that he ends up being a legitimate basketball player. Um, but he's the number one pick two years ago, three years ago, two drafts ago. So, I mean, it's crazy. Like he could, he could at least if he becomes, a slightly below average point guard this team is is legitimate top four in the east like i don't know what else to say so they've got a little bit too much front court depth which is like a weird place to be in not enough backcourt depth but they've got players that i like tell me you watched the mark Fultz uh hype video yeah everyone watched that whatever i don't what I are your that. thoughts it's, he still looks like he's pushing the basketball. Like, his, I don't his know. His brain is like, – I'm out. Like, I'm sorry. He's shooting unlike he has ever shot the basketball. If you look at how he shot at Washington, yeah. it is not in any way, shape, or form at all similar to how he shoots the basketball now. So There's, I'm sorry. He, his shoulder has not been hurt for two years. Like, his brain is broke. It just so is. Yeah. Yeah, the yips got him, and he unfortunately might go down as the worst number one pick of all time. I mean, plain and simple. I don't know. That's it. God, that's so interesting. Yeah, that's so bad. Um, yeah, I think – so Johnny Isaac, you know, deep cut for all you listeners out there. Um, Johnny Isaac is someone that I- I've been excited about since he came out of the, the, the Yale of the South, otherwise known as Florida State University. Um, 
there's just such a skill set there. He, he's he's very Siakam y. Like he has the kind of wiggle. He doesn't have like the in between like runnery type game that Siakam has. But as far as being able to handle, being able to, as far as you know, being able to guard one through five. I mean, you know, it, it depends on the team you're playing. He's not going to guard Embiid, but most teams he can guard one through five. Um, there's such an intriguing skill set there. Apparently he's put on like 15, 20 pounds of muscle this off season. He was practicing in the USA, like Olympic training camp. I'm really, really excited. He shot, I think in the second half of the year, he shot like 38% from three. Like there, I think there's such a skill set there. And it's also weird to, because Orlando and uh, Philly are both zagging when everyone zigged and went small. Like, Sixers are huge, and I'm sure we'll touch on that. But Magic are going to go across the front line, Aaron Gordon, Johnny Isaac, and Vucevic. Like, that is a huge front line. Um, and then they got Fournier, Terrence Ross. Um, they desperately need, like, a if they had a point guard, if they had Kyle Lowry, like, they're the three seed in the East, right? Yeah. Yeah, like that, with, I mean that's exactly not without right. a doubt. Like they, but they they become interesting trade targets, right? For yeah, yes, Paul, that's my point. For Kyle Lowry, for even if the Timberwolves were looking to like three team and get Chris Paul and ship Jeff Teague, like I would take Jeff Teague on that Orlando roster. Um, yeah, I mean that's that they are super interesting for that reason. Is they could make a move or two, and all of a sudden matchup size-wise with what many people are considering the top team or the favorite in the East, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, absolutely. If they would have went and got, like, Sadoransky from Washington in the offseason instead of letting him go to Chicago, like, how much more of an interesting team is that they're huge across every position instead of, like, throwing DJ Augustine out there one more time? Like that. Yeah. I feel like little things like that. And I guess, you know, maybe you, when you trade for Fultz, like, I guess that's your hope. And if Fultz somehow hits a little bit, like, he doesn't need to be an all star by any means. If he was just a good point guard, that's a huge upgrade. Slightly below average point guard, and all of a sudden it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What about Uh, like an X factor on another team for you? You know, there's, it's tough. So I've got two. Um, the first is a bit of a cop out, but kind of interesting, which is Josh Richardson for the Sixers. Like that's what I was. He is a, a darling guy on the Heat. Um, comes over to Philadelphia and like has a really interesting role that he's going to have to play, which is elite perimeter defender, elite shooter, and secondary ball handler. I guess. Um, so. I'm super intrigued by him. I think he's going to have a lot more impact come playoff time. And it'll be interesting to see how they get him those reps during the regular season in order to do that. Um, So did you say he was yours as well? He was. Philly is so interesting. And I want to touch on this for a sec. Like they have to, Embiid should not, he should be on the Kawhi Leonard plan this year, right? Uh, yes and no. You would What's think no? so, but then he came out and said that he wanted to be the MVP, and you can't be on the Kawhi plan and be MVP. I don't care if he wants to be the MVP. Like, my, your goal is to be there in the playoffs, and he, w- he even said, I, he just did the low post, like, 
he broke down in the playoffs. He was hurt and he was sick. Now, that's not, you don't have to necessarily tie that to him playing 70 plus games, but he is a huge individual. And so, it, like, how they would play him over, I mean, I would cut him at like 64, especially because you have Horford that you can integrate into that center role. You can play both of them. You can still fight for the number one seed with Embiid and Horford, neither of which play, are playing over 66 games, I think. Um, yeah, and like, I, here's the thing, the map, the map for Joel says that he won't play 82, right? Like, he's gone 31, 63, 64 in his last three NBA seasons. So, like, he's never done it before, so I don't know why he would be able to do it this year um, to play more than to play more than 60 to 65 games. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize he only played 64 games last year. That's really interesting. I, I would yeah. cut him even more then. <laughs> yeah. So I would drop it I to mean, about 56 to 60. I mean, I don't know. You just could probably reduce his minutes, right? Like he plays 60 games or 65 games and averages 30 minutes a game. Like that feels about right considering you have Horford. Yeah, he played Yeah, he played 34 minutes a game. So, yeah, maybe you, you cut it down to 60 games and you play him 30 minutes a night. And you you kind of hope the, the, his thing is just like if he's in shape and in like really really good shape, um, he is going to absolutely destroy teams. Um, it's just at the end of the year he he broke down last year. Um, yeah. And I mean there were games like missed. He had the he, knee. He was sick. Like his whole entire body broke down. Yeah, and the East will be easier, and so like mm-hmm. he's gonna get he's gonna get. You know, the eight games that they have against the Cavs, Knicks, Hornets, Wizards, throw the Hawks in that bucket if you want. Like, those are 10 games in the East that he could probably sit out and they would, and they should win. Um, and add the Bulls and make it 12, you know, like. So, if, if in those 12 games you told me they go 10 and 2 without Embiid, that feels like about right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think the one seed will definitely be important. I think both of those teams will be going for it. Giannis is a, like, he's a robot, so he'll probably play 83 games somehow. Um, but I think that, I just think Philly has to be so much smarter. Like, I'd rather have the two seed and Embiid, you know, at 95% than the one seed and Embiid at 80%. Yeah, that's fair. Who's your, who's your intriguing guy in the East? Well, so, it, it was actually Josh Richardson. More because I think I think the like I look at Philly as a, a final contender as you know a lot of people do, um, and I think Josh Richardson is, I mean, such an important part of that. Like I, I would put him probably, I mean, I would, you could almost argue like second on the importance just because he's going to be guarding the other team's best guard every yeah. single night, um, and like he has to shoot well from three, and he's a, a good three point shooter, but to open up the floor around them like that that is a huge aspect to the team I also think a, a totally different um you know I, I definitely think Boston has kind of uh like sleeper potential which is weird to say but I guess most people are picking them as third right now but the x factor there um I, I mean everyone's kind of saying Gordon Hayward does he bounce back um I'm really interested to see like what Tatum and Brown do together um so I guess that's not just one x factor but like you know, Jalen Brown is kind of in a contract year. Um, you know, he's playing 
he, he came on really strong at the, the end of the second half. Tatum kind of on and off, but was apparently doing really well over the summer in the Olympic team and then got hurt. So I'm just more so than like a specific player, I guess. I'm just really interested to see how Boston kind of all fits together. Um, and I mean, is it possible for them to play like tiny and just go Kemba, Smart, Tatum, Hayward, Brown? Like I would, I don't know if, you, if that's even possible, but I would love to watch that. Yeah, they're interesting. I am not as bullish on Boston as the rest of what sounds like the media or whoever else you want to call is. Like, I don't know. I just, I get it. But I also think you need to remember that Tatum and Brown didn't take huge steps forward last year. And the hope everyone is saying is, well, Kyrie's gone, so they should. And I get that. Um, But at the same time, like, there's other rosters that I think match up and really give the Celtics could give the Celtics trouble. Like for example, who on the Celtics is guarding Marcus all like as a team that in theory should finish below them or um, who on the Celtics is like going to guard um, Vucevic from the magic. Like they are incredibly, incredibly lacking big front court guys. And I think that that might come back and hurt them in the East a little bit more than we're letting on. Like, I get it. You can play small. We're in a small ball era. But, like, even if I looked at Brooklyn's roster, for example, like, you take Kyrie over Kemba, you take Jared Allen over whoever the Celtics roll out, and then you're asking for Hayward, Brown, and Tatum to outduel Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, and whoever slots in it before, whether it's Wilson Chandler, once he comes up to suspension, Torian Prince, Rodion Karuks, like, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not convinced that Boston is a clear third seed in the East. So who, who would your money be on to finish as the three seed in the East? Well, it's like, it's tough to pinpoint. I think if you told me, like, Boston was like, plus 200 to finish in third and I got the field at minus 250 like give me the field like I'm taking the field in that bet because someone will I don't know who but I think there's a lot of teams that could to be clear NBA that's not an official bet this is all hypothetical I just want to make right completely hypothetical just want to just want to create the point all right let's do a minute on the hawk exciting what are you most excited about um, so I, I, I was in on Cam Reddish. Um, I'm really, really interested to watch him again. I mean, when you talk about like skill set and just toolsy players, it's all there for him. Every single one, um, might not be the most athletic dude, but he, there's a smoothness to him that kind of reminds me of Paul George. Um, so I'm really, he's also in the perfect kind of situation where he's not going to be asked to create he can play off of Trey Young I mean everyone kind of plays off Trey Young in the in the system in Atlanta um I was actually this really really good article um surprisingly on uh, like Peachtree Hoops it was all about how Atlanta's not building Golden State East they're building Houston East uh where the entire system kind of revolves around Trey Young and the points were spot on. I mean, I, after reading it, like, I, I really agree. Um, you know, Herder kind of slides into like the Evan Gordon slot. John Collins is Clint Capella. I mean, it, it made a lot of sense. Um, and I mean, it, it's kind of impossible to, to replicate Golden State because the, the talent level there is just that superior to everyone ever. 
but it was really interesting and definitely indicative of the system where everything runs through Trey Young, which is kind of worrisome long term. I, I don't know if he can be your like best player in a playoff series. Uh, but I, I think you know right now you're you're building you're 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 taking steps in the right direction. Um, you're developing people. Collins is apparently going to kind of handle the ball more, maybe be a little bit more of a playmaker. Um, I think even having Evan Turner on the team might allow Trey Young to play a little off the ball. So you're kind of building skill sets right now in the hopes that you know maybe you land a free agent in 2021. They have, I will say, this is one of the most important things about the Hawks. They should spend zero dollars this offseason unless, like, they can get Jalen Brown cheap or Bogdanovich cheap. They have so much money this offseason, and there are no good players that I hope we hit the floor in twenty the, the 2020, 2021 season, and then you're, you're really shaping the future around, like, hey, come play with all these young dudes that are young and exciting and good, and we just need that superstar. Um, so that's you're going to book on that in 60 seconds. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. I'm my, my quick reaction to that before I move to the West is I'm out on Cam Reddish. I'm not really a believer. Um, I thought he disappeared uh, at Duke last year. Also, you're going to be trying to get minutes of Jabari Parker and that's just a failure on your, your part. Like he's going to, like, he's going to get minutes. I don't know what else to say. And he's going to take away minutes from DeAndre Hunter, which I just don't think is smart. Um, so, oh, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I think I, they're. Like, I don't know if they really plan on winning a lot of games this season. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I mean, but my point is like, I will be disappointed if at the end of the year Jabari Parker averages more minutes than DeAndre Hunter. Let's put it that. Way. I would be willing to bet a lot of money that that does not happen. I'm not a not bet, of course, but you know, it just that's just a phrase. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess we'll see how it plays out, but I am curious to see what they do there. That's all. All right, let's move to the West. Um, let's do the same thing. You know, what is? <laughs> I I wanted to, I was about to ask. Do you have a top tier and then realize that you could make an argument for like 11 of the teams in the West or whatever uh, to be in your top tier? So that's maybe not a good way to frame uh, how to evaluate the West. So I'll ask, who are the teams that you think have the best chance to make the finals? Which is different than obviously like how they finish in the West. I love the construction of the Clippers roster. Um, not really a Paul George fan, definitely not a Kawhi fan, but the construction of that roster with, I mean, Shamit is the perfect kind of off-ball shooter for them. Uh, Patrick Beverly is, I mean, it, just the ideal point guard for that roster too. Um, I, I I think the Clippers are out of the West. Like, I, I just think, you know, they, they slow play Paul George at the start of the season. Kawhi doesn't play more than 60-64. I could realistically see them going into the playoffs as the four or five seed, and I still would pick them to come out of the West. I think the Rockets are going to win a ton of regular season games um, just because Westbrook is going to go crazy and and Harden is Harden. Um, but my favorite just roster talent who I think will come out of the West is the Clippers for sure. Yeah, they're interesting. I mean, it's hard not to pick them. 
Uh, one of the parts I really, really like about their roster, um, obviously assuming that they avoid injury, is they have their seven-man playoff rotation already on their roster. Right, you have Kawhi, you have Paul George, you have Pat Beverly, Shamit, Trez, Lou William, Mo Harkless. Like you can go into the playoffs, and those can be your seven guys, and you feel good. Um, which I think is, it, you know, just speaks to their incredible roster construction, and that doesn't even take into account some guys like Jamichael Green, um, Ivica Zubox, like Roddy Magruder. If you wanted to get deep, like they, they they can put together some really, really interesting lineups that still appear to be very good. Um, I also, I'm also on this don't count out the Warriors bandwagon. Like, mm. if they make the playoffs, they have four guys that I think are a legitimate construction of a playoff rotation between Steph, Clay, um, Russell, and Draymond. And then it just becomes a question of, do they get a buyout guy? Um, does Obviously, sorry, Kevon Looney should be included in there. But, like, do one of the guys that they, you know, hope to take a chance on, like, Damian Lee or, you know, McKinney, do one of those guys take a step forward? Um, so, yeah, I am I, – I think them being counted out the way they have is actually good for them. If you're the Clippers, would you rather have Iguodala on a buyout or kind of play the, you know, what veteran can we get cheap later on in the season and look for a center? Because Zubac, like, he's a regular season dude. Like, that's yeah. what did Draymond say? He's an 82-game guy, not a 15-game or a 16-game guy. That is an all-time great quote, by the way. That's um, a great, that was a great quote. I did just like an that. all-timer. Um, Zubac is an 82 game guy. I well, but I think your question is more who's the front court player they could get on a buyout, right? That's effectively what you're asking. Um, and I or, I yeah, trying, I guess or a trade. Yeah, I I just I don't know who the front court guys are that are going to get bought out because if you go through, let's say, what we imagine to be the shitbag teams. Um, the Suns don't really have anyone that's like stands out as like, oh yeah, that's like a veteran that would get bought out for sure. Like maybe Aaron Baines, but like I'm not so sure he's really moving the needle for you. And they traded TJ Warren and the pick to get him, if I recall. Um, like Tristan Thompson on the Cavs, last two years left on his deal. Like I'm not totally sure it's him. Um, like who the other Knicks don't really I mean they have a plethora of power forwards so maybe it's one of those guys uh, Hornets no one stands out so like I don't know I don't know who the guy is that comes up on the market I mean inevitably I'm sure it'll be someone but there's nobody at least going through the initial look that that stands out to me but I, I mean does Andre does Iguodala does really help that team I, I guess he does yeah. and you're also yeah. You're also keeping him from going to, like, the Lakers or something like that. Yeah, um, it, it's both. It's addition by subtraction, and he's good. <laughs> like, that's it. He's good. Um, I hope he goes yeah. to the Lakers just because I think that would create a more fun balance in the West. Um, or he goes yeah. to, like, the Rockets. I think that would also be really, really interesting because the Rockets rolling out, like, their five of um, Eric Gordon, 
Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Iguodala, and Clint Capella, like, yeah, that's a playoff five. Um, not to mention they've got, you know, Daniel House and P.J. Tucker, um, like other guys they can slot in there. So I have a question for you. How many teams in the West would you pick to be, like, top three in the East? Oh, top three? I yeah, think so like make a case for seven at least. It's not yeah, eight. I I agree. It's insane. The West is ridiculously stacked. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. Uh I think the record for most like win differential between the East and the West, so if you summed up to all the at the end of the season, uh the wins of all the Eastern Conference teams and the wins of all the Western Conference teams. I think the biggest gap ever has been like 60 or 65. Uh, 538 right now has it at 90. Um, so wow, I, I'm curious to see where that shakes out um, because it's never, ever been that extreme. And so history says it won't, but we'll see. Who's the who uh, you're like? Oh, good. I was just saying, who are your like kind of low key X factors in the West? I have one and it's, a, and, and it, it's, it's going to lead into my last point. Uh, or the thing that I want to talk about is Porzingis. He is the oh, he, yeah. and I I get that that's like a a homer thing, but hear me out. I don't think there is an impact player that could be a first or second All NBA guy that we haven't seen and could swing playoff implications like him, specifically in the West. Um, and so if he comes out and he's a second team All NBA center. Like the Mavs, in theory, are a playoff team. Um, versus if he is a bit of a letdown, then all of a sudden they're regretting that five year contract, and the Mavs don't really have a path to being a playoff team. So I don't think uh, there's no question. Like it's, it's him, and it comes down to his health and how well he's able to slot alongside Duke, uh, Luca. They're going to be so good together. I, I I guess I'm just optimistic more so about Porzingis. Not not saying you're not optimistic. He's definitely I, I agree with you. I mean, talk about a swing player. I mean, Dallas could be, you know, six in the West if he is what he can be. Um I'm really interested to see like just the doubt because I'm you know, being a Luca fan, I'm interested to see like the wing pieces in Dallas. Like Tim Hardaway Jr should be really good in that offense. Just all he has to do is catch the ball and shoot. Um, and when he was in Atlanta, like his one good season, that's what he did. And he was good at it. Um, I'm really, I, I'm really interested to see what Dallas looks like this year. Cause they're one, I mean, they could realistically be like the 10th team in the West. Um, yeah. That's not lower than that. Um, yeah. It's they're, the they're going to be so interesting. And uh, skinny Luca. I mean, come on. He's, gotta be MVP favorite over Giannis if he's you know cut some weight yeah I don't know about if I can go that far but (laughs) what worries me about that team is who's guarding LeBron who's guarding Kawhi who's guarding Paul George like if you your best options there are Dorian Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. like that worries me so those are my thoughts um, anyone else intriguing you on the West? 
Um, the Pelicans roster is really interesting. I actually, so I kind of like on your same bandwagon as far as the Warriors being good. I'm really, really interested to see what D'Angelo Russell looks like in Golden State. Um, I was yeah. listening to a podcast that, that Steve Kerr did, and it was all about D'Angelo Russell running a ton of pick and roll last year in Brooklyn, and that is just not something that Golden State runs very much. So it'll be interesting to see the allowances that they make in their system for putting D'Angelo Russell in a position where he can be successful, which is running the hell out of the pick and roll with Draymond Green. Um, so I'm really, and I also, I mean, I just think he and Seth together are going to be so much fun to watch and so interesting. And that's not even without Clay. Like if they get off to a good start and Steph doesn't have to play 82 games, and then they get Clay like back on the All Star break, even you know slow playing a little bit and bring him back for the month into the season. If you're you know comfortably in the sixth seed, they become really scary in the West with yeah. those three guys together. Plus, I'm a little if Draymond hadn't signed that extension, I would feel a little bit more confident about Golden State um, being you know definitely a playoff team, but. I also think everyone counting out the Warriors will make Draymond Green play really well in the uh, regular season for a change. Well, not for a change since last year, um, but super excited to watch D'Angelo Russell. He's also just like a fun guy to watch play basketball. So yeah, um, he and Steph in the same backcourt. And then when they get playback, I mean, that is primetime viewing. I agree. I agree. All right, my friend, that is a, uh... That's a fun podcast. Like, I'm excited. The basketball is three weeks away from today, actually. Um, also, shout out to the WNBA Finals. Uh, looks like we're going to be tied up 1-1 going into to game three as the Connecticut Suns look to take one against the Washington Mystics. Um, Got to promote, you know, every league. Um, anything else you're, you're keeping your eye on before October 22nd when basketball kicks off? Yeah, I just pulled up House of Highlights and Lonzo Ball is just drilling jumpers in a, you know, a decent looking form. I'm in on the Pelicans winning 50 games this year. There you go. There you yeah. go. Go Pelicans. You got to go down there for a game. Uh, I, would, I, I might have to meet you because that's going to be an awesome, awesome place to watch them play. I'm going to be down there in nine days and fully plan. I might even go to a preseason game. There you go. I love it, man. I love it. All right. With that, Happy NBA time, and we are out.